please turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We are finishing our series through Ephesians this evening. Ephesians chapter 6, I'll begin the reading at verse 18, but our focus will be on those last four verses, verses 21 through 24. Please keep your careful attention to the reading of God's word. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. But that you also may know about my circumstances, how I am doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make everything known to you. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, so that you may know about us and that he may comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren, and love with faith, from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. Thus far the reading of God's holy word. We don't often write letters these days in our society, at least not the old-fashioned kind of letters with pen and paper in hand, but we still often do write emails. And one of the most challenging parts of writing a letter or an email can sometimes, not always, but often be the very last part where you have to figure out how do you close this message. And so you run through the various uh, closings and you try to find the right one for for that situation. And so you think, sincerely, but that sounds too insincere. And so you think, well, yours truly, no, that's too archaic. Best regards, it's too businesslike. Love, mm, too, too familiar, too personal. And so you go through and you're, you're trying to find the best way to end this letter. Well, in Ephesians, Paul does have a conclusion to his letter as he is closing the epistle and he understands well the way that he should greet the Ephesians. While we might struggle with uh, just the right closing, uh, we have in God's word for us a, a very appropriate closing for this, uh, for this letter. As we look at these final four verses this evening, we'll see that the kingdom inheritors are greeted with, uh, with kingdom blessing or a kingdom valediction that this letter closes with an appropriate kingdom valediction for those who are called to inherit God's kingdom. And so as we look at this kingdom valediction for kingdom inheritors, we'll take it under two points. We'll look at verses 21 and 22 and look at Paul's greeting, Paul's salutation. And then 23 and 24, the salutation or the the final closing greeting that Paul pronounces in the name of God and of Christ. 
So first, Paul's greeting to the church. Notice that Paul has a concern uh, in this passage for the Ephesians. They have a concern for him about his his welfare, his being in prison, his being in chains. Uh, Ephesians is a, a very general letter. There's not a whole lot of detail that would help us tie it down to a very specific context or time or occasion. And that seems to fit with the letter as, as most likely a circular letter that was shared among various churches. But we do get some personal information throughout the letter about a relationship that exists between Paul and his readers. And what we find is that they're concerned for him. They're discouraged. The apostle is in chains. He's in prison. So I just remind you that in chapter 3, verse 13, Paul has told them already, Therefore I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations on your behalf, for they are for your glory. And so there's, there's a, a, a sadness, a concern that they have for the apostle. And as he is sending this letter and as he is sending Sychicus to accompany that letter and to deliver it, uh, he, has, he has a concern that, that that anxiety, that discouragement be lifted from them. And so he sends Sychicus so that he might tell them about uh, what Paul is experiencing, all that's going on with him at the end of verse 22, and that he may comfort your hearts. The greeting isn't over with just the letter. Sychicus himself comes with the letter, and he continues telling them things about Paul, things about what is going on. And we can ask ourselves, what, what would it have what sorts of things might Tychicus have shared with the church or churches who first received this letter? And how might that have lifted them from their discouragement to have a, a greeting from the Apostle Paul like this? He shares stories of prison guards who were converted. Did he tell about how Paul was uh, reviled mercilessly by one guard in particular and then how eventually as Paul continued to bear patiently with him how one day he broke and was transformed as Paul is in chains this could be a very discouraging situation and yet as he's making this greeting this final salutation this valediction sends not just the letter, but he sends someone in particular, a person, a, a companion of his own who served alongside him to bring more information and to comfort. And so this is something that we, we can learn from this closing greeting is that kingdom inheritors are to have a concern for one another. They're to be interested in how the gospel is advancing in other places. There's to be even, even in a, an appropriate kind of concern, not, not an anxiety, not a losing of heart, not a discouragement, but, but certainly a, a desire for the well-being of 
those who are advancing the gospel. And interesting, how is the embassy going? That God is making an embassy to lost sinners. And how is that all playing out? Because sometimes on the surface level, it can look very discouraging. It can look like chains and imprisonment. But the expectation that Paul has is not that it's going to lead to a further discouragement, but that as they hear more details about all that's going on, they're actually going to be encouraged by all that they learn. And so we can think about how this might apply to us today in our present situation. As kingdom inheritors, we are those who send greetings to other churches, to those who are not here with us this evening, who are in other places, and that we should have a, an interest in how the embassy is going. Wanting to know the details of, of what's going on and what is God doing in other places to advance his kingdom. This can be anything from far overseas to close at home. A question of how is that ESL class going over at Light of the Nations in Dayton? How has God used that? What, what sorts of things are you seeing him do over there? Or it could be a concern for things that are uh, still domestic but a little bit farther out. How about that report from the regional home missionary or from other church planters who are describing the, the challenges and joys that they are facing as they seek to plant churches in locations where there is not a reformed witness already. Or overseas, as we read reports from our missionaries. Uh, sometimes it can sound very discouraging. Just recently, there was a report uh, from the Foreign Missions uh, Committee. The missionary to Haiti was describing how uh, an island off the coast of Haiti, uh, he, he did not have access to that island because the the missionary um, aviation uh, society that, that flies missionaries out there, because of the unrest in Haiti, uh, has ceased any operations in the country for the rest of the year. Discouraging. Uh, looking at the, the outward circumstances, the surface of it, it seems like uh, the, the gospel is, is, there's an opportunity for the gospel to advance. Here we have a missionary in the country, and yet because of the unrest, uh, a whole island is, is cut off. And yet also in the same report, uh, one of the local Haitian pastors reported that in, in a different place on the mainland, even though roads are closed, uh, the church is as full as it's ever been. And the people are still coming to church despite all of the dangers that surround an activity like this. And so consider that we have a relationship with other churches, that we are to have an interest and a concern with the advance of the gospel and, and wanting to know how is the embassy going. So that is Paul's greeting, verses 21 and 22. Then further, when Paul extends greetings in the name of God and of Jesus Christ, we can look at this greeting and under two parts. There's the peace greeting of verse 23, and there's the grace or the peace benediction of verse 23 and the peace 
benediction of verse, uh, excuse me, the grace benediction of verse 24. So first, the peace benediction. Peace to the brothers in love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so notice that as we read the conclusion of this letter, it's not just a, a greeting from Paul in his own name, but Paul speaking in the name of God and of Jesus Christ, extends a greeting of peace, love, and faith to the church. And consider how this is a, a greeting fit for kingdom inheritance, how this is a kingdom greeting. If you receive a greeting like this, it means that you are in the kingdom. Consider how God greets his people with peace, even in the epistle to the Ephesians. God has reconciled us to himself through his son, Jesus Christ, where there was formerly a hostility because of sin, that God's righteous anger must put out all sin that would corrupt his kingdom, that would distort or destroy uh, the righteousness that is in his kingdom, that he cannot permit it to continue in his kingdom. He must wipe it out. He must destroy it. He must remove it. And yet the greeting is peace. A greeting like that is only possible if the sin that interrupted that relationship between the inheritors of that kingdom and the king has been resolved. That's what's happened through Jesus Christ, that we have peace, that the, 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 the message to us from God is not, get out of my kingdom, go into exile, be destroyed, suffer everlasting condemnation. But it's peace. Further, God greets his people with love. This is a theme that has, again, recurred throughout Ephesians. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. Paul prays in chapter 3 that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ, which passes, surpasses knowledge. In chapter 5, we're called to be imitators of God as beloved children, children who are loved, and to walk in love just as Christ also loved us and gave himself up for us. Husbands are called to love their wives as Christ loved the church. And so over and over again, we have seen how God's love for the church through his son, Jesus Christ, has been referred to, mentioned, developed throughout the epistle. And now, as the epistle closes, that the threads are being drawn together one last time for a pronouncement of God's love for the church, of God's love for you. Further, there is faith or faithfulness that is extended to the church in God's name. That God has been faithful to all of his promises. That he has promised salvation and that salvation has come in his son, Jesus Christ. That he is summing up all things in heaven and on earth under Jesus Christ. And the church has that high privileged position of being his body, of, of having a, a communion and fellowship with him in that. And he is faithful to bring that to pass. He will accomplish that. And so this is, this is the greeting that is extended to the church, to you, 
God loves you. He gives you peace. He's taken away all the sin that would, would expel you from his kingdom. And he is faithful to bring to completion all that he has promised in his son. And this is still how God greets you. Right, just as we, um, on occasion, open the epistle to the Ephesians at home, uh, but as we meet for worship on the Lord's Day, it's part of our order of worship that a minister pronounces a greeting and a benediction in God's name to you. And it's not that the minister is able to say whatever he wants. He's limited by the word of God and what he can say. But as a, a minister appointed by Christ ministers, when they pronounce that blessing, they are pronouncing it in God's name as his ambassadors to be received as coming from himself with that message of peace. The benediction is not just the pastor. It's, well, it's not just the, the last thing that you do in the service uh, by rote and, and you don't think about it. And it's, it's just the, uh, the, the final thing that you do to, to close out the service now. So much more than that. It's an ambassador pronouncing in God's name his love, the peace, the faithfulness towards his people. Then further, there is the grace benediction. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love or in incorruptibility. And this again is something that grace is something that God shows to his people. A favor not grounded or rooted in something in the creature itself, but a favor and a kindness that comes out of the Father's own love for the Spirit anointed Son. That this is the source of the grace that is shown to you today. His own love for the Son overflows and is extended towards you that he loves you in Christ. And this, too, is part of the benediction, the greeting that is given to you. Now, notice who this greeting is given to in verse 24. All those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptibility. And this is, this is an unusual wording for Paul. Normally, it's, it's grace to you. Normally, it's second person. He, he speaks directly to the audience and he says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And yet here it's, it's put in the third person described as those who love the Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptibility. It's worth, it's worth asking the question, why, why phrasing it, why did he phrase it that way? Is Paul hedging himself. Well, he's not really sure if God loves you, if he's not really sure if he can say that to everybody that he's writing to, so he's going to hedge and just describe it in the third person. Uh, I don't think, though, there's, there's too many other benedictions that say you that, that it's not really an interpretive possibility. Rather, I think this, this third person description uh, does two things. 
Uh, one, it, it helps serve the, the ecumenical nature of the whole epistle, that it's a, a circular letter that's shared among many churches, that it's more than just any one church that's reading it, but it's, this is something that belongs to the saints worldwide who love the Lord Jesus Christ. But secondly, it also shows us what we are to be like in response to such valedictions or such benedictions from God? What is, what is an appropriate response to the love that he has shown us and the grace that he has shown us? It's to love the Lord Jesus Christ. This is who this blessing is for. This, is, this isn't a blessing for people who hate Jesus. This is a blessing for those who have been renewed by God's spirit and who, who love the Lord. And consider that the way that this love is described is a love that is incorruptible, a love in incorruptibility. This is a love that will never die. The, this word here, incorruptibility, indestructibility, is uh, often used with respect to the resurrection, the, the immortal life that is ours through Jesus Christ. And that you have a love for the Savior that will continue forever and ever that will only ever grow and that will be undiminished and unabated into immortality. So even as we read this description of uh, our, the love that, that we have for Christ and are called to have for Christ, we even find comfort in that because this is a love that that is anticipating and in some measure already enjoying that future uh, salvation in, in the age to come through Jesus Christ. So we are given uh, this response of loving him who first loved us. So this love is it's not going anywhere by God's grace. But the love that you have in your heart for Jesus will only grow. It will survive the grave. It will come out of the grave. And you will love Jesus in incorruptibility forever. And so if you love Jesus, these blessings, these benedictions, these valedictions of peace, love, faith, grace, these are for you. Father, we thank you for that love that you uh, show to us and that you pronounce upon us in your word and in the benediction that we so regularly hear. We ask that you would increase our love for you, that it would grow and endure into um, incorruptibility. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.